Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you today. Welcome to church. Welcome to those who are joining us online today as well. Glad that you're with us. Um, one or two people who can't manage today because there's COVID going about, there's sickness going about. And I just want to just spend a little minute uh, praying at the start. I'm going to pray for people who are just needing a touch from the Holy Spirit today in their bodies. Um, but we're going to pray and welcome the Holy Spirit here today. Welcome the Lord here because I don't know about you, when I come to church, I want to experience God's presence in a, in, in a way that doesn't necessarily happen when we're on our own. There's something about the dynamic of when we come together to worship and God inhabits the praises of his people. And I, I don't know about you, I look forward to coming to worshiping with the, the family of God, um, whether it's in this church or, or maybe sometimes if we're away somewhere else, just being with the people of God is just an incredible experience, especially when we begin to worship. And so I'm just going to encourage you to stand today if you can, if you're able, and we're going to worship God today with all that's within us. So let's, if you're able to, stand. Father, we thank you that you're here. We thank you for your presence in this place. And Father, we ask that you just, just demonstrate your presence in this place today. Come and live in our praise today, we ask, Father. Father, we just pray that you'd move in the hearts and lives of people who can't be with us today. Father, those who are struggling with physical health issues, Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would come and visit each one right now. And Father, that you would touch each one. Father, I just thank you for encouraging stories about uh, healing even this morning. And Father, we're just asking you to come and Father, just demonstrate your presence through healing power. Lord, to those who are joining us online today who want to be here in person but can't be here uh, for various reasons. Lord, we just pray, come and meet with them just now. Father, for us who have gathered in the building today, Father, come and meet with us Lord, we pray that your spirit would move amongst us. Lord, we've come from all sorts of different weeks, lots of different things going on in our lives. And Lord, we just come and Lord, we just ask that you'd meet with us today. Father, that you'd heal people who need healed, touch people who need uh, just that, that just ministration of your grace, Father, in their lives and in the situation that they're facing. And Lord, we just pray, help us to stay focused on you all the way through our gathering today. Father, I just pray that Jesus would be the center of everything that we do. In his name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him today.
Your 
Verse 25 says this, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. And I just felt that that was a word uh, from God's word that needed to be shared today. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Father, for those in the gathering today who are weary, Father, we just pray that you would refresh every soul that's weary, every heart that's weary. Father, there have been circumstances Father, for all of us over the last couple of years, two and a half years, and Father, they can begin to wear us down and Father, get to us and get into our thinking and begin to in, 
just to influence the way that we think. And Lord, it can have a wearying effect. And Father, we just pray that you'd refresh us. Father, that you'd refresh us by your spirit. Holy Spirit, come and bring refreshing every into every weary heart. Father, there have been life's circumstances that have caused some of us to, to grieve and, Father, to, to mourn as we've lost loved ones. And, Father, we just pray that you'd come and that you'd refresh just souls, Father, which need a fresh touch from you today. Father, that you'd satisfy the faint. Lord, those who are just in need, whether it's emotionally, physically, or spiritually, Father, we pray that you'd come and that you'd satisfy every heart, every soul, every body. Father, as we prayed at the start of this service, Lord, those, uh, Father, who would normally be here today who are not because of one thing and another, and Father, health issues, and Lord, we just pray that your hand would just reach out, Father, to every single one. Father, I can't lay hands on them because they're not here, but Father, I just pray that you'd lay your hand on them, and Father, that you'd bring healing into bodies. Father, that you'd bring healing into minds, Father, minds that are maybe perhaps wearied. Father, just a little bit wearied and full and a little bit jaded. Father, we pray that you just bring peace into every heart. Father, just as we sung the words of that song, peace within your presence, I speak Jesus. Father, we know that there is peace in your presence. Father, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Father, we just thank you that you give us something that the world can't give us. And Father, we reach out for that today. Lord, that's what our heart's desire is. That's what our, our earnest desire for is for Jesus, Father, is for more of you in our lives. And so, Father, we pray as Paul, as John prayed, that we might decrease and that he might increase. And so, Father, we pray as we continue in this service, Lord, we ask, keep us focused on Jesus. Keep us focused on him, the author, the finisher and perfecter of our faith. Father, we ask these things in his precious name today. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. a fair bit of manoeuvring to get myself organised here this morning. Um, just a few announcements and then Anne and Leslie are going to come and give us a little update. Um, prayer will be on Tuesday, uh, sorry, sorry, Monday first at 9.30, Monday morning on Zoom. Um, and then on Tuesday uh, evening at 6.30, uh, we'll be praying for prodigals. Bobby will be leading us in that. And then at 7 until 8, uh, just our, our regular prayer time. And we'll be praying on the Tuesday, Mondays and the Tuesdays over the next two weeks online, just so that you're aware. And then after that, there'll be a little break over the, the, uh, the summer. I know we're already in summer. Does it feel like summer to you? We've had a couple of days of summer. Um, blinking, you miss it. Uh, for those who are maybe joining us online from another part of the world, um, it rains a lot in July in Scotland. Um, uh, so I can encourage you to pray um, for prodigals on Tuesday. Just if you're if you're not comfortable with Zoom, just give it a go. It's okay. It's not as scary as you think. Um, but let's keep praying for the prodigals. I'm going to invite Anne and Leslie up, and they're going to just update us on the the boxes for you for Ukraine. Thank you, guys. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, just a wee update on what's been happening. Um, 
So you know last Sunday was our last sort of day for collecting uh, donations. Um, and so um, it's not to say we won't gather other things in the future, so watch this space. Uh, but so I just want to give a huge thank you to all the, for all the donations we've received. It's just been quite a great response and we really appreciate it all. Um, sorry if I've not managed to speak to any of you personally to say thanks, but you know, we know we appreciate it. Um, it's obviously not a position we want to be in. Um, you know, when we look at the need in Ukraine and what we see and things, but it is reality, so it's, it's great we've managed to respond the way we have. So last Monday, um, my assistant and I, we went to, into the forge in Glasgow with all the donations. We've packed two cars full. We'll show you some wee clips just shortly. Um, a couple of cars full. Stuart did help a wee bit, right enough. Um, and, and off we went. And we had a great response, a great welcome from the two ladies that we met there. One was the founder of the actual charity, and she was just so, they were both so welcoming, weren't they? And um, showed us round. Uh, it was quite overwhelming just to see the number of donations. Um, but very grateful for what we all had donated. It was just perfect what we were looking for. And actually, I think this week coming, there's a truck going out with the donations we've given. So it's, it's just been good. We're doing amazing work and we're targeting really the right people in Ukraine um, at particular areas. Uh, you know, there's, there's stuff going to neonatal units, um, women who have fled with pregnant women and new babies. Um, and there's stuff going to orphanages as well, which is really special. So, um, and also that we, had, we saw a wee area where they were collecting particular things for children with additional support needs. So they're just really thinking cleverly about what's needed and where it's going. So it's really just to thank you. Um, well, I'll have you look at the slides and, um, and my young assistant will do the rest. All right, young, uh -huh. and I'll just go and sit down. Get this right. I've got my iPad up before, and you know, 
it goes dark and I don't know how to sort it all and talk at the same time. This time I've got my paper and I'm like, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to read that. <laughs> However, <coughs> um, it's been incredible. I get so excited about things like this and I'm sure you all know that. And for over four weeks, we just collected and it was just amazing how you responded to that. <coughs> and it's been just so incredible when we went to the warehouse just to see how it was received as well. They were so, so grateful. And what you saw in the pictures is just the tip of the iceberg because the place is jam-packed full. There are boxes and boxes and boxes just ready to go in the next available truck, which we're hoping will be this week. So in terms of for us, what are next steps? You know, I can't keep asking people for money. I can't ask all the time for practical things, but I'm sorry. We're in this war with our allies in Ukraine, and we really, really um, will need to continue to support them. I've got a few words from J. John to share with you um, what he has to say about Christians and their role in the Ukraine war. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be praying for our friends in Russia as well, because we're all in this situation together. But at the moment, all that stuff's going straight out to Ukraine that we took to the warehouse. So next steps for us. Leslie and I are volunteering to go in and help them in the warehouse on the 18th of July. And Stuart and Leslie and I, maybe you didn't know that, Stuart, but you are <laughs> going to volunteer. Uh, one's a Monday, one's a Saturday. And I've just put a wee notice up in the hall. It's just got the dates on it. But if anybody wants to come and join us, you know, to be part of this, we can help in practical ways. Just to, We will look at transport and we'll look at coming down to pick people up at the church or whatever to do that. So if you could just put your name, we will speak to you. Um, I might ask Phoebe maybe to put out my email or phone number or something like that so you can contact me, but not to do it while we're streaming just now. Um, so that would be the next step. Um, so let me just see. Right. The other thing I wanted to tell you about was when we were there. The next step for us is the volunteering. But when we were there, we were talking to them um, the ladies that were there, and we were talking about um, another charity where they help each other. So there's one in Bigger that have been supplying them, and they've been supplying it because of different charities. Um, and also, when we were talking, they said, I was talking about our church and what we're doing in Poland and Ukraine, and they had said, can we not give you some boxes? So I'm saying, well, I don't know if um, we could get them out. I don't think there's any way we could do that or we would have done that. And they said, no. We'll take the boxes, we'll take them into Ukraine and you get your contacts to meet the truck and we will give them boxes from the truck. So they're not a Christian organisation, but you know, God works in mysterious ways. This is just, this is another link. You think we, we tried different routes with Christian churches and organisations and doors closed, but God opened this door. And we don't know where this is going to lead. So I think that's something to be really thankful to God for that we've touched or, or touched base with this organization. Now, I want to share with you, I was thinking, what, what are people saying about Ukraine? I've been looking, you know, doing a wee bit of research. And J. John, I came across just a reflection that he had. And what he says is this, that we all as Christians have duties. And we're all in this and we can't ignore it. Um, so he says that we've got four duties. And the first one is to be aware that evil, whether blatant or subtle, is present in our world. And we need to be aware of that. 
The second thing, we have a duty of prayer. And we know our pastor and, you know, we, we certainly, he encourages to be praying and we, we pray frequently, whether it's in Zoom time or um, on our own. But secondly, that is our duty to pray. We are a people who believe in God, this is J. John, who answers prayer and who reigns over all the world. We need to bring the situation to him. Thirdly, we have a duty of care, to love our neighbours as ourselves. We must be prepared as Christians to do more than pray. Much of it's beyond our immediate aid, but there will be, in the days ahead, opportunities for practical giving and care. As Christians, we cannot ignore or become complacent about this. We need to be involved. And finally, we have a duty to share. Many will be scared and troubled about the state of the world, and this darkness comes an opportunity to share the light, and that's the light of Christ, and the only lasting hope of peace that we have in this world. Now, I was really reassured when I came across that yesterday. That's just a, a couple of wee pointers. There's more to it than that. But we've said from the beginning that we're involved, from the very beginning that this happened, we took an offering. Um, we've been continuing on this journey along the way and we're going to continue to do that as we move forward. We don't know how long this was going to last but even when it's over there will still be a need for people in this country or other countries. So I just want to thank you as Leslie said thank everybody who donated and if we didn't speak to you personally some people didn't tell us that they had donated so just a big thank you and um, well done to Whitburn Pentecostal Church for what they've done uh, this wee while. So just want to pray for Ukraine. Uh, so if we can just uh, close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we bring Ukraine to you again, this situation. Father, we pray for peace. And you are the overpowering supernatural being that we pray to for that miracle. We can't see the way, but you know a way. And Father, we just ask for peace in that land. We pray for all the resources going into Ukraine and surrounding countries where um, they're serving the people. And we thank you that we have people who are your hands and feet in that area. We thank you that we've made connections with a, another organization. And we thank you that you are enabling this to happen because we know there's corruption, there's danger, and we just pray protection on these people. We pray protection on the people who are in Ukraine. And some people, because the war has gone on so long, has decided to go back to Ukraine. So we pray protection for them. We pray for some semblance of normality for them, that they're in their own home, they have their own language, that they've got the familiar round about them. And Father, we pray for the politicians as they look for opportunities to negotiate and bring an end to this. So we pray for the peacemakers and we bring all this to you in your name. Amen. Thank you. That was excellent. I think Anne, um, you could maybe think about doing the sermon one Sunday. <laughs> um, maybe you could uh, just uh, put my slides up, Courtney, that'd be great. <clears throat> so um, we're going to continue on the theme that we're on last week. Give me a second.
I don't do that, I'm going to struggle for the next five minutes. So I thought, a little distraction versus five minutes of mayhem. Um, <clears throat> so the thrust of last week's message was really about our concern for the inner life over the outer life. Let's call the outer life the big show, and we're all good at putting on a show at times, aren't we? Or is that just me? I think it's all of us. You know, when you come into church and somebody says, how you doing? And you say, fine. But actually, inside there's turmoil and you go, actually, I'm not really fine, but I don't have the time to talk about it just now or whatever, you know. And then somebody looks you in the eye and you say, are you doing fine? And you go, actually, no, not really. Um, when we ask people how they're doing, it's maybe good to just sort of take a pause and listen to what they really want to say. But I hope I made the case last week for the importance of our inner world. I quoted Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, which says, My dear children, for whom I travail, or am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Paul, speaking to the Galatians, he's speaking to a people who've been distracted to go back into the old ways, to go back into religion, to go back into uh, observing outward things, rather than the life of Christ being formed in them. And really what I talked about was having the mind and life of Christ in us. And really, uh, you know, it's about keeping Jesus at the center of everything we do. And that can be a challenge because we get distracted by the world that we live in, don't we? We get distracted by all sorts of things. And I want to think a little bit as we begin to introduce more kind of like, well, how do, how do we do this? How, how is Christ formed in us? Um, I said we'd think more about the how uh, today. And I want to just put up um, a, a graphic on the screen today. And it's how you may use your time over the course of a day. And it's kind of fictitious, but there's some fact in it as well. Um, we spend eight hours perhaps sleeping over the course of a day, uh, eight hours working, three hours eating or preparing food, five minutes in our so-called devotions, quiet time, whatever you want to call it, three hours potentially of screen time, time when you've kind of got one of these things in front of you, or maybe another screen. And actually those statistics I found online for the amount of screen time uh, that people spend in the UK. And if you're part of the younger generation, I'm told by these statistics that you can be spending up to nine hours a day in front of a screen. Wow. And almost two hours doing other things. If you do the mathematics of what I've just said, you will find that it leads up to, counts up to 24 hours. Just for those of you who have been studious, maybe there's some people online who've been sitting with your calculator. And the question I want to pose is this. Well, how can Christ be formed in you during five minutes a day? How can Christ be formed in us, the mind and the life of Christ being formed in us so that when people see us, they see Jesus? Because that's our ultimate aim, is to be like him. How can that happen in five minutes a day? And that's the, the challenge Think about all the situations that you find yourselves in, the people that you meet, the videos that you watch, the songs that you listen to, the TV shows that you watch, the ideas that you're exposed to, the conversations you have, maybe in the workplace or at college or wherever, in the, 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 the supermarket perhaps. All these things that we experience during the course of a day, 
And some people, let's face facts, and I know because I've done this as well, some people can go days and weeks without reading their Bible. Some people can go weeks without being in church. How can Christ be formed in us unless we're given Christ the attention that he deserves? And what I want to suggest is that as Christians, unless we're feeding the inner life, what's going to happen is that like a battery, we'll live off of our own resources. And you'll know what happens if you're living on battery life, right? How many people are panicking because it's like, oh, my phone's about to run out of battery, I need to charge it up. Where can I find a charging point? It's like, if I don't have my phone, my life's going to stop. Living off of the battery of our own resources. And this is the thing, our soul will eventually dry up, leaving us powerless. Unless we feed the inner life, then we will dry up. And this is what Psalm 127 verses 1 and 2 says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Maybe in that eight hours, maybe some of you it's more like five hours and 12 hours of work. I want to challenge us to think about the way that we're living our lives. I came across a quote um, probably a couple of years ago, and uh, it came out of the Global Leadership Summit, perhaps the 2019 one, a lady called Jo Saxton, and she was addressing leaders, and she said this, your lead you, you only have one body, and your leadership lives in it. Let me just say, we only have one body, and our faith and our Christianity and everything that we're trying to do in this world lives in it. And when we're talking about until Christ is formed in us, there's a, a duty of care to ourselves and to the body that we live in to actually look after it. You see, you can, you can do all sorts of things with this body, and they're not all helpful. Paul said all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. There are things that we can do, but they're not necessarily the best thing for us. And when it comes to building a life, in vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. You know, we can be so busy building a life, building our own life, and missing out and building the God life within us. Not the good life, for those who are familiar with that TV show from the 70s, which I love not the good life, but the God life. The life where God is working in us and what happens is that he begins to be demonstrated on the outside. Now, I didn't know you were going to quote J. John today, and I am not going to quote J. John. I'm going to show you a video, and it's part of an interview with Glenn Barrett and our senior leader in AOG and J. John. And listen to what he has to say about the subject of time and the will of God. Here we go. Are you going to play that or am I going to click Courtney? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll Thank make you. a statement and you tell me whether this is true or false. Is it true that we only have enough time to do the will of God? The answer is yes. We only have enough time to do the will of God. Therefore, why do we say we don't have enough time? 
Well, it has to be, it has to be because of one of two reasons. One, we are doing things that are not the will of God. Yeah. Or two, they are the will of God, but someone else should be doing it. Wow. We only have enough time to do the will of God. I don't need to be stressed. Jesus gave us the example. He only did what the father wanted him to do. Now, if we're doing things that the father doesn't want us to do, well, what's happening? Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. So you see, sometimes we're working on projects that probably were never directed or ordained by God. Because we only have enough time to do the will of God. And so we've got to find that rhythm and you Pentecostals, you should know this. Keep in step with the spirit. Don't run ahead. Don't fall behind. And there's, there's a real kind of timing. You, you know this. Look, Jesus said several times, my time has not yet come. When he said my time has not yet come, he used the word chronos, chronological time. One day, Jesus said, my time has come that day he didn't use the word chronos he used the word kairos you see when which is god's time when kairos kicks in everything accelerates interesting eh? and I, I listened to this we listened to this interview um i think it was probably the start of last year and there was so many things that challenged me but that really challenged me we're doing things that are not the will of God. If we're saying all the time to people, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm running off my feet, I'm too, should we really be saying that? And I found that really challenging. And sometimes I wonder, are we doing things that are not the will of God for our lives? Because we can pack our lives so full of stuff that there's no margin, there's no spaces in our life that we can go and, and take care of a, an emergency or, or do this or do that the next thing, take time out. Our lives can be so packed. Also, sometimes it can be the will of God, but somebody else should be doing it. Think about church life. In church life, there is all sorts of people with all sorts of gifts and skills. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'm doing something that I shouldn't be because somebody else should be doing it. That's part of where we've been going over these last couple of years. But one of the things that he said that was interesting was when Kairos, Kairos kicks in, everything accelerates. And that's God bringing us into his season, into his time, into things. And I pray about that over the church, that we enter into God's time. But there's a starting point. If I was thinking about how, how do we do this, what is our starting point? And I, I think our starting point really is for spiritual formation is, is where we have the mind and life of Christ growing and developing in us, where Christ has been formed in us, an inner being. And I, I think it starts with a prayer of examination, coupled with the ability to listen to what God says. Here's the prayer of examination. We find it in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And this is what it says. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any, any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. 
We're not praying, Lord, show somebody else their anxious thoughts. Lord, speak to so-and-so about the thing that they're doing in their life. Self-examination is the starting place, not other person examination. What did Jesus say? Take the big plank out your own eye before you try to take the speck out of your brother's eye or your sister's eye. Do you know, we need to start with this. If we're going to have the life and mind of Christ formed in us, we need to start with self-examination. And who better to examine us than the Lord himself? What's he examining? Our heart, our thoughts, and our way. Our heart is the inner life, our thoughts, what we think, and our way, the way that we live our lives. And notice all the verbs that we're asking of God to search, to know, to test, to see, and to lead as a result of what you find. It's not search them, search me. What will God find? Have you ever had a moment where you've lost something? And you've said to people, I've lost, I've lost my, my keys. This has happened to me this week, you know. I don't usually lose my keys, but when the summertime comes and I don't wear a jacket, well, the keys are always in the same pocket in my jacket. And I'm like, where did I put my keys? I've no jacket. Creature of habit. And you put the keys down somewhere, and you're running about frantic trying to find the keys. Then you realize they're in your bag, and you've been looking all over the house. You've had the drawers out. You've had things upside down. You know what it's like when you're trying to find something that you've lost? Or is it only me that loses things? Are you still with me? Are you sure you're still with me? Just check in, okay? Just check in. And you've lost something, and you're racking your brains. And then somebody says, where did you lose it? And you're like, if I knew where I lost it, I'd be able to find it, eh? Have you ever done that when somebody says, where did you lose it, eh? Deary, dear. How comfortable are you with the thought that God could come in and search your heart to begin to open the drawers and you go, whoa, look what's in there. What, well, for those of you guys who've done the marriage course, you'll know about the nothing box. All us men have a nothing box and there's nothing in the nothing box. And so when you say what you're thinking about, you say nothing. And you're like, how could you be thinking about nothing? Do you know, it's like, and they say that men have got these heads, brains like full of little boxes, you know. It's like, imagine God coming and opening the boxes and seeing what's inside all the boxes. I think women have got boxes as well. I just don't like to admit it, okay? Imagine being able to invite God in to say, search me. No, look in all the boxes, look in all the cupboards. Remember I talked about last week about the cupboards where the visitors come and you just throw all the mess in? Imagine our lives being like that and God coming and searching through the cupboards and what he would find in the closet of our lives. Know my heart. Know my heart. Come and search me. And it's a brave prayer to pray because it's a prayer of invitation. And we need to, off the back of that, be prepared to listen to what God wants to say to us. Remember somebody asking me years and years ago, I wonder what people think of me. I wonder what people think of the type of job I've done. And I remember saying to the person, if you want to ask that question to people, you need to be prepared for the answer. And you might not like the answer. And that's a fact. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Are these thoughts right, good, or justified? Are my, or are my thoughts leading me down a rabbit hole of regret? You can be guaranteed this. God knows you intimately. God knows your attitude, your motivation, and your reasoning 
whether you invite him or not, he already knows. So you might as well get on with it and ask him. See if there is any offensive way in me. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 too, all a person's ways seem innocent to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. I might be the only person here that thinks that everything I do is right and everything I think is right. Have you ever noticed that? It's like when you're talking to somebody, it's like they, they never seem to think that they do anything wrong. And I'm like, I actually don't think like that. I think I'm doing things wrong all the time. Maybe it's a personality thing. Are we willing to ask that question? That's the key. Because the reality is that we all have blind spots. You and I have blind spots in our lives. Areas of our lives that we are unaware of that other people see all the time. We don't see it because we're not necessarily looking at ourselves. We were just having this conversation earlier um, how some people say I look my, like my, my younger brother sometimes. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't see it. Well, it's because I'm not looking at myself all the time. I'm only ever looking at him. But we don't see ourselves the way that other people see us. And so we need to ask that question of God. We need to ask him, invite him in. And the second thing off the back of that is, do you have people in your life that you can ask, what do you see in my life? Are there things that are not leading me towards God? Do you have people in your life? And can I tell you, it's a really brave person that will give you an honest answer. I have asked people this question, what do you see? Is there anything I need to fix? Is there anything I need to correct? And they are so uncomfortable about actually pointing out the things in your life that need correction. People are uncomfortable. And I want to suggest that it takes a really, really good relationship and a high level of trust for somebody to feel comfortable to share, actually, you do this. Actually, you say this. Actually, you react like this. You do it all the time, and you're not aware that you're doing it. It takes a strong relationship to be able to say those things. Why is all this important? Why do we ask God to invite, why do we invite God in and ask him to search the very core of our being? This is why, reading through Jeremiah just now, and in 17.9 it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Well, Jesus can cure it because Jesus can understand it. And that's where we start. That's an Old Testament perspective, but actually there's a, de a degree of truth in that. Our hearts can deceive us. The second thing that I want to suggest is that we need to find a rhythm that works for our lives. If we're going to have the life and mind of Christ formed in us, we need a rhythm of life that works. And sometimes in church life past, we've not necessarily had a good rhythm. I'm not saying that the rhythm we have just now is necessarily good, but in days gone by, you were never stopping to take time with God because you were so busy doing the things for God. And I don't know if we necessarily always miss the point. And so when we read Matthew 11, 28 to 30, especially in the message translation, it says this, are you tired? I'm looking at some people today and I think there's some people who need to get an earlier night. But that's not what it's talking about. Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Burned out in trying to do all this in your own strength? And Jesus says this, get away with me. 
you know, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and, uh, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So now we're turning it around, and rather than it be search me, Jesus is saying, come to me and find a rhythm in him. Rhythm as we walk with Jesus. And we need to understand this whole thing about rhythm. There are, we all have rhythms to life, and some of us are out of rhythm. Some of us don't have a good rhythm, a rhythm of rest, a rhythm of work, a rhythm of worship. We need to have a good rhythm. And I want to suggest that there's a daily rhythm that we should have of walking, working, and watching. A weekly rhythm, that coming to me as we come to gather. Get away with me, Jesus says. Sabbathing is part of the weekly rhythm. Monthly, tithing, tithing uh, which is giving finance, serving. Annually, you know, the annual rhythms, the seasons of rest when holidays come and there are some people who are just counting down the days until the holiday comes. Maybe you're in that place today. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. It's not far away. Just chill and it'll be here soon. The, the celebrations in life, birthdays, Christmases, all these special occasions, life is built around rhythms. Our, our world that we live in, especially as we are in the Northern Hemisphere and quite far up, we have seasons. Summer, winter, spring, autumn, we have seasons that we move through. Everything is about rhythm. But how do we do this? And you know, you sometimes get these messages and it's 10 steps to whatever or seven steps or five things you're doing wrong that you should think about fixing. Um, I, I sign up to emails and, and, and they're quite often that way and it's helpful sometimes. But I want to not take a 10-step approach because I don't think that's what it's really about. The first thing I want to say is that spiritual formation takes time, intentionality, and the practice of spiritual disciplines. And in his book, A Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster breaks it down into three different areas, the inward, the outward, and the corporate. Inward disciplines include meditation, prayer, uh, fasting, study. Outward disciplines such as simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. Corporate disciplines like confession, worship, which is what we do together, guidance, and celebration. And by the way, I'm not just skimming over the dust cover and reading the chapter headings. Who can remember the illustration from last week? We actually studied this book in the church a number of years back in a, a small group setting. I want to suggest something to you today. Oak trees take time to grow. Oak trees take a long time to grow and they put down deep roots. And if God has said about us as a church, they shall be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the displays of his splendor. Be sure that it's going to take a while for you to grow. The second thing is that spiritual formation happens in the processes of life as we walk with God. What speed do you think God walks at? God is a spirit. And yet God walks with us. What speed do you think he walks at? The average walking speed is three miles an hour. Did you know that? For some of us, we walk at five miles an hour. And some people walk even faster. And because of my short legs, I kind of keep up with them in our family. 
What speed does God walk at? I think that God will slow down to the pace that you need to go at. God will come and will adjust his pace to walk with you until you get up to the speed that he wants you to be at. But I want to suggest that God will never chase after you to catch up on you. He will let you go off into the distance and he will let you get lost until you eventually stop and you wait for God to catch up with you. And you say, actually, I got a bit lost there. I was running on ahead. I was doing my own thing. What did J. John say? You guys should know this. You're Pentecostals. Keep in step with the Spirit. I remember a, a situation at kids camp where I had a, a little group of boys. There was three of them. And we were, going, we were doing some sort of treasure hunting at uh, Creef, it was, actually. And there was one little guy who was quite slow, and he was always, like, about 20 yards behind. And there was two little guys who were always quite mischievous and fast, and they were always like 20 yards up in front. And I'm in the middle saying to those guys, slow down, and saying to this guy, we hurry up. And it was the most frustrating thing ever. I thought, why can't we just walk as a group? God will never try to catch up with you. He'll wait until you go, actually, I'm lost. And he catches up with you and he leads you. Spiritual formation takes place in the heart, fully surrendered to God. And it's about our will. It's about what goes on in here. And it's about a will that's fully surrendered um, to God, our whole lives. And there can be that tension because we have this old nature called the sinful nature and we have the new life in us that, that Christ is trying to form in us. And there can be that tension. It's bad enough dealing with the old nature when we want to do the right thing versus even uh, ignoring it. Five minutes a day uh, with God is not going to form the spiritual life in us. And I, I don't know about you, I, I think about these things and I, I'm trying to put them into practice in my own life every day, continuing to learn. And I said to somebody just this week, I feel as if I'm just at the start. I feel as if I'm just beginning. I feel as if I'm right at the starting line in all the things that we're talking about here. And I pray this prayer often, Lord, give me the wisdom of experience before I have the experience. I don't know if you've ever prayed that. Maybe get into a situation and say, Lord, give me the wisdom of experience. I want to suggest that one of the ways that we get that wisdom is to listen carefully to others and to learn. To learn from their wisdom, to learn from their life experience, to learn from their success, and also to learn from their failures. And I want to just finish off our time today, because time really is marching on, by recommending some books that we can read to help us along the way. The first one is A Resilient Life by Gordon MacDonald. Um, I was given this when I uh, came through my probation uh, as a gift, and I just read it in the last couple of years. What an incredible book it is. Also by Gordon MacDonald, Order in Your Private World, a book which I wish I'd read when I was 20, um, but hey-ho, I didn't. And then The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, in which he talks about the, the pace that we're living our lives at. We're out of rhythm, we're out of sync, and we're not living our lives in a healthy way. And I highly recommend reading that book, which is of its day, it's of its time. A Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Uh, we have used that book on many an occasion. It's still on the bookshelf, and we refer to it often. And lastly, of course, the Bible. We need to be reading the Bible, all of the Bible, because all of it is useful. All of it is God-breathed. And so I want to recommend some books to you today. 
I want to recommend that we meditate on this verse, my dear children for whom I travail, and I'm again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, the mind and life of Christ being formed in us. How much time are we taking to allow that life and mind to develop within us? I want to suggest that we need to give more time to developing that life within us. If we want to grow in Christ-likeness, we need to devote ourselves to it. We need to ask God to come in and look. We need to think about how we spend our time and we need to invite him in to help us. I'm going to invite the musicians up. We're going to finish with a song today. It's a song that you'll know. Um, <coughs> and just as they're coming up, I'm going to pray. And Father, I just ask that you would seal these words in our hearts, these thoughts in our hearts. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would take whatever is useful today in our lives and just cement them into our hearts, into our minds, into our thinking. Oh Lord, I just ask that you would just live in us in a fresh way, that we would devote ourselves to you in a fresh way. Father, that we would just seek to just spend time with you in a way that you begin to transform us by the renewing of our mind and the way that we think and the way that we act and what we say and what we do. Father, and how we spend our time, how we use our resources. Father, that everything within us would just reflect the mind and life of Christ and that you would be glorified in our lives. And if there are people here today and you've never made a decision to invite Jesus into your life, you might not even know what I'm talking about today because you've never come to that first place of inviting Jesus into your life to start with. And I just want to pray a simple prayer before we sing. And it's a prayer of invitation, inviting Jesus into your life so that he can begin to work on you and help you through and help you into the not the good life, but the God life. And so this is a little prayer. You just pray this prayer. Just repeat it into yourself after me. Dear God, I want this kind of life. I want a life that helps me to overcome all the obstacles, all the trials, all the temptations. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Make me clean. Make me whole. And fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, if you prayed it for the first time, you need to tell somebody, let them know, and they'll get around you and just help you on your journey with Jesus. And for us, I hope that as we sing this last song, that many of us have been on the road a long time. We've been through many dangers, toils, and snares. We've already come through so many things. Let's just be reminded today that we have this assurance in him as we sing this song.
This is our story. Father, one of trusting in you, one of walking with you. Father, we thank you that you come and that you meet us at where we are. Father, you lift us from the miry clay. You set our foot upon a rock. Father, you have given us this person, Christ Jesus, who is our saviour. He is our Lord. He is our redeemer. He is our everything. And Father, we pray as this week comes, Lord, we pray, help us to just press into the things that you have for us this week. Lord, as individuals, as families, as a congregation, Father, we pray that as we gather to pray, Lord, we, we just ask that you would come and presence yourself. And Lord, we would pray your prayers. Father, that we pray the Holy Spirit anointed prayers. 
Father, that as we do whatever we are called to do this week, Lord, help us to do the will of God. And Father, to allow other people to go on with their thing, whatever that might be, to cheer each other on, to pray for each other, to encourage each other. And Lord, we just ask that your hand would be upon us this week. Lord, in all that we seek to do, Lord, we just ask that you would be glorified in our lives. Lord, we pray, take this church from strength to strength, for every individual, for every family. Lord, for those who are not with us today, Lord, we've already prayed for them, but Lord, we just remember them, remember them again. Lord, that your hand would be upon each one. Bless them. And Lord, we pray, restore health, wholeness, and healing. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a great week. Great to see you today.